Well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Main Straight, the official F1 in Schools podcast. My name is Tom Deacon. I am your host and it is an absolute pleasure to welcome you back to, and I can say this with excitement, episode six. Um, I can't believe that we're here already. There's been so many brilliant episodes uh, that have brought to you some golden nuggets, some tips to help you in your F1 in schools journey. And uh, before I tell you about some of those episodes, thank you so much for all of the comments and messages that you have been sending to us here, the whole team at F1 in Schools HQ. We've had uh, some brilliant messages uh, saying that uh, from both teachers and uh, participants that they are very excited for the new regulations that are coming into effect and they very much enjoyed the technical regulations episode. So uh, this is my opportunity to tell you if you haven't already checked that out, uh, a brilliant episode um, which had the chair of judges, Gary Anderson, and the head of international operations, Nelson Vale on. And also our last episode uh, was all about women in motorsport. Frederic Truve from the FIA and Amy Martin, who is my sort of partner in crime. I don't think that's the technical term, but my co-host for the UK Nationals and Worlds actually as well. Um, it's been brilliant to have her alongside. She's talking about how she competed in two world finals. So there are absolute gems in both of those episodes and all of them, uh, to be fair. So go back, check them out if you haven't done so already. But what can I tell you about today's episode? Well, we're in for an absolute treat. We will have all of the F1 in Schools news uh, from uh, my PDC producer, director and co-host, uh, Max Valley. He'll be on in a little bit. But before that, I just want to take this opportunity to say when we're recording this, we have had two races in the Formula One World Championship. It's the 74th season. I'm sure you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Two races, as I say, underway out of a possible 23 this year. And I think it's fair to say Red Bull have been very dominant with their back-to-back wins in Saudi Arabia and Bahrain. And... I think you'll have noticed it as well. A beautiful surprise, beautiful surprise. I think I said that right. uh, In the fact that Aston Martin are pushing Red Bull to their limits. I don't think people expected them to be so dominant. They've had two podiums already. And if you don't know, Fernando Alonso is now driving for Aston Martin. And he picked up his 100th podium in Jeddah. So it is my absolute pleasure and honor to welcome our next guest to the main straight. And I know that you guys are going to be super excited to get some golden nuggets from all of this man's experience in F1. Please welcome to the podcast, Andrew Brown, head of R&D at Aston Martin, Aramco Cognizant F1 team. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Tom. Pleasure to meet Uh, you. It's a pleasure to meet you too. And before we get uh, into it, I'm looking and I know this isn't great for a podcast, just behind you in an office setup. Where are you at the moment? Because I see uh, a resplendent uh, Aston Martin in the background behind you. Yes, so I'm, I'm just in a meeting room in our, our current old factory. So this one's been here for quite a long time, since Jordan days. Um, so yes, I'm just outside the design office in a small meeting room on my own. But yes, we've got player pictures up around the place. And uh, that is, I think, the Aston Martin AMR 21. So uh, the first Aston Martin car that we race. So obviously... Uh, we're on AMR 23 now, but that's um, kind of our, uh, uh, part of our heritage there. So, yeah. Ah, oh, well, it's great to see you. And uh, I know that this new facility that you're moving to is going to be extremely exciting. Are you looking forward to that? I am. I am. It's, um, this this building that we're in now, as I say, is, is quite old and we've very definitely uh, outgrown it. 
Um, there's not a lot of space and, um, you know, we, it, it has been kind of holding us back, but the new facility is just incredible. I was in there last week. Uh, it's huge. Um, it's, you know, it's got everything we need and it's going to hopefully take us um, to that next level. So yes, very excited um, for the next few weeks to see what happens. So yeah. Oh, well, brilliant. Well, listen, I, I know uh, that we're not really going to talk about this season, but can I just say fantastic work so far uh, in uh, this year's F1, just phenomenal. But uh, to give a, a, a sort of a brief overview, uh, a summary, uh, many would call it, of your role at Aston Martin F1 team, can, can you do that for us? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm head of R&D, um, which basically means that I'm, I'm in charge of a group that looks after all of the mechanical uh, testing and development of our car. So the aerodynamics is kind of something slightly separate, not really my area, um, but we look after all of the mechanical things. So we're basically trying to make sure that the car is reliable, it behaves as we want it to, and that it's entirely legal before it goes to the track. So that's for the current car, but also looking forward to, you know, next year's car and the year after this. Yeah, a lot of different things go through R and D, but um, it's a it's a pretty cool job. Yeah, uh, cool is is what we like. I mean, everyone taking part in F one in schools and the competition will be doing exactly that. Maybe not necessarily looking three years on or, or two years on, which which you do, but but a day to day sort of operations that that you do. What what does what does life look like for you day to day? It's very, very busy, I have to say. Um, it's all sorts of things. So, I mean, the group is, is is quite big, but obviously we're serving almost all of the, the technical areas for the whole team. So there's a lot of different projects going on at any one time. So I'm basically flitting from one thing to another. It might be brakes one moment, steering, it might be suspension, it might be wings, it might be the chassis. It, all these things are happening at once. And so I'm, you know, overseeing all of that. And it's just a, a very, very busy and, you know, a lot of variety. I've got to have my head um, spinning on on lots of different things all at the same time. So, um, but yeah, it's it's it can be uh, we can be looking at data, we can be doing physical tests, we can be doing crash tests, all sorts of things. So um, yeah, it, it's a lot of variety. I think that's what, how I'd put it. That sounds incredibly difficult to keep on top of everything. I'm just trying to think of those listening right now. Well, how do you then, Andrew? Uh... <laughs> how do you do that and, and what what strategies or any tips to keep on top of everything when you've got so many different areas to to look after it's difficult I mean, we have to spend a lot of time i mean it's a it's a long day you know we're here um 12 hours a day sometimes and uh, you know that that's pretty much consistent all the way through the um the season but i have to take a lot of notes um you know just trying every single day kind of what is my day what do i need to do and that and that's you know something I do every morning um, just so I don't miss things because it's very very easy to forget um, and yeah just try and chat to everybody and stay on top I mean I, I'm, I'm essentially a project manager these days um, you know in the past I've, I've kind of been involved in the technical aspects but I've taken a step back from that but a lot of engineers that are doing those those jobs now so I'm just basically trying to keep on top of what everyone's doing I've got a big long job list there's a hundred and something items on there at any one time but we've just got to try and make sure that it's done by the right dates and we're staying on top of it you know the right race events all that sort of thing so it's a big org organizational project for me really um, rather than a technical one so yes i'm very much the project manager i i, I suppose um, in f1 schools terms yeah okay i mean because because i'm sort of seeing that and you you've got the list but it's hard to take things that are on that list and then get across everything i mean how do you find stress levels? I mean, what are your coping <laughs> mechanisms for something like that? I'm just trying to think of that those in the competition right now, maybe they're getting ready for Worlds or you know, their national finals coming up. 
how, how do you remain calm? Is it important to stay calm or is it important to be just always on edge and then it gets the best out of you? I think I'm always on edge to a certain extent anyway, because I think for me, it's, it is a lot of stress. It can be very, very stressful, but you know, it, it's working in a team like this in an environment like this, it's motivating. I think we all want to win. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, you know, Fernando and Lance already, um, this season have had a fantastic season and that's what we want to see. And that's what we've always wanted to see, you know, a few years ago, maybe the results weren't there, but you know, I think it's personally motivating that that's what I want to do. So that drives me. It is stressful, but it's because I want to do it. Do you know what I mean? And, um, I get up in the morning and I go, right, I really want to crack this, want to crack that, want to crack that because we know we're working towards something, you know, whether it be national finals or, or, you know, uh, world finals it's the same for us it's you know we want to get a podium we've managed that we want to get a race win and then we want to get a championship win so it's stressful on the one hand but you know it's that it's it's coming from within you know the motivation's coming from within and i think you know just i'm just ambitious and i guess that's what i see in a lot of the schools they're in f1 in schools you know they they want to go to the nationals they want to go to the worlds you know and it's that's what drives them it's not stress in in that sense it's you know it's ambition and, and sort of drive and i think that's what that's what I feel daily. So it, it is a lot of work, no doubt, but it's, you know, we've got the motivation to do it. And I think that's what I hopefully I see in, in the schools themselves is it's an awful lot of work and, um, you know, difficulty to get over, to get into these sorts of competitions, but they want to do it. And I think that's, you know, that's why I see that drive in them, same as, same as I feel. So, yeah. That's a great way of putting it. Um, and, and I suppose you've, you've answered my next question when I was about to ask you, what, what, what do you enjoy most about your role? Is it seeing your team on, on getting podiums? Is it seeing all that hard work and the hours that you give and being rewarded? Is it seeing smiles on people's faces? I mean, knowing that you've done your best, I mean, what, what, what's the best bit that you get from your role? Yeah, I mean, success is amazing. We, we watched the um, the race at home um, a few weeks ago in Bahrain, and it was just fantastic. I mean, to to work on a project, you you don't know truly how it's going to go until you you know um, the first race is over, and 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 you know we knew it was going to be good. We knew there was some promise there, but until the result is in, uh, you don't want to kind of let your expectations get too high. But you know, to see that result and see coming on Monday morning and everyone was talking about it and the buzz that's been around it has been brilliant. I have to say that that was, that was fantastic. So that's why we do it definitely. But even on seasons where that doesn't happen, we're not finishing on the podium. We're not winning races. I think it is just, I just enjoy racing. I think I enjoy the whole process and, you know, even just the, the chance that you're going to finish on the podium is, is kind of motivating enough. And, um, you know, just being involved in racing in your job for me, you know, is my kind of hobby and my passion. It's not a job at that point you know it's um i say that's what i do it because i want to do it and not because anyone's sort of telling me to and um to mix your hobby and your your job and get enjoyment and, and feedback from it is just yeah that's perfect i don't think i could do a normal job um in that sense um that wasn't something like this i'm so used to it um yeah sometimes i could do with a break and an easier life but i don't take it because you know, it's not worth it. It's it's the buzz that you get from it. You can't you can't replace that. Yeah, you just won't find that joy. It, 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 be honest with me, and I know this is a cheeky question. Is there a different walk to you now, Andrew? It's a bit more of a spread of your stuff. <laughs> nah, there is, I think so. I think people, you know, we've all um, got our team kit and things like that. I think we wear it with a little bit more pride than 
we did last year definitely and um you know i think people recognize it you know more i've had people asking me family friends asking me you know so you did you know your amazing result at the weekend and yeah you think yeah you know on the map a little bit so that's what we all want it it is good it is good feeling um you, you mentioned about you, you know you couldn't do another job I, i'm curious to know what your path was uh to, to get to where you are right now sure well when i was very young i, I wasn't interested in, in f1 at all um just wasn't something I even knew existed, I guess. And it probably wasn't until I was in secondary school that I kind of became aware of it. And we had a, a kart club at school. Um, so two stroke, little, you know, uh, motorbike engine carts. And um, there was a bunch of volunteers that ran that. And I, I forget exactly how I got involved, but someone maybe suggested I went along and I thought, okay, it wasn't really my thing, but I'll, I'll go along and, and a few of my friends were already involved in it. And um, I just got hooked on it. Um, so. It was very, very sudden. I went from, you know, not being interested in, I was interested in cars, but not necessarily in F1, to that just being my ambition. So I was probably about 13, 14 at the time. And all of a sudden that just became the only thing that I wanted to do. And I just wanted to sort of point out really that, that it was kind of teachers and volunteers that kind of put me on that path a little bit, I suppose a bit like F1 schools. So, you know, I don't think I would have had that, um, opportunity or that vision to do that if it wasn't for those guys that, that ran that club I don't think they necessarily thought that was that was what they were doing at the time but that set me on a path that's led to me sitting here today and talking to you and you know uh, been involved in Fernando's um, exploits in Bahrain and, and Saudi um, you know that was the very very beginning of that so that was my career path you know started then and it was down to that kind of um, volunteer led thing and I can see you know, the same thing with the teachers and the volunteers that are involved with those schools that, you know, they're giving those kids that opportunity. And I think shout out to them for what they're doing, because if it sets another child or someone else on a path to F1 or to something else, then, you know, hats off, that, that's fantastic. So if I ever got the opportunity to thank those guys, I definitely would do. But um, yeah, that, that led me on to sort of want to go to university to do mechanical engineering, which I did at Loughborough. Um, and I continued to work in racing. So I, I, I carted through my teen years. And then I actually worked at um, Donington Park, which was just down the road from my university. Uh, I worked at the racing school there for a bit. And I got to meet a whole bunch of people through um, through the, the racing school there. And that helped me when I got, got graduated that I kind of knew a lot about racing and I could kind of talk confidently about racing. And I had some experiences in racing because F1 in schools didn't exist at the time. This is quite some time ago. Um, and originally I joined um, Nissan um, as a road car company, so nothing to do with racing because I was struggling to break in. Um, but eventually I got an opportunity with a company called Ilmore, which is now Mercedes um, engines in F1. And um, yeah, I joined there being an engine development engineer. And uh, I actually went and lived in America for a little while. So I worked on NASCAR and IndyCar for a little while. Um, so I went all around the States. I went to Indianapolis, Daytona, you know, all these places. So again, another, I was listening to the podcast last week with Amy Martin and, um, she was saying it's, it's that kind of sequence that you don't necessarily know where these things are going to go, but if a door opens, you know, you take it because you don't know where that one leads to. And then the next one, and the next one, and it was pretty similar to me. I, I'd never kind of had an ambition to come work in NASCAR and in, in, in America, but having done it, it was just, you know, fantastic, absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, taught me an awful lot of things that are now used back, back here in F1. Um, so yeah, I was out there for a few years and came back. I went to Williams, was a designer there, moved on to Force India, and then eventually got 
promoted up to the role I'm in now, and obviously it's, it's Aston Martin. So it, it, one thing leads to another, um, but it was those early doors, I think, that made the difference for me. You know, that was the, you know, the cart club, the things I learned there, that the ambition it gave me, and then obviously those uh, doors that it opened. It was really that early part of my career that's kind of made it. And that's what I kind of wanted to get involved in F1 scores for, because it's it's opening those doors for the kids at a young age and, and you know, then letting them go off and do what they want to do or wherever those open doors take them. And um, that's the important thing. I think that's the best thing about F1 in schools is it's just, it sets them on a path. You know, we're not necessarily leading them directly into F1, but, you know, it puts them on that path. And someone else did that for me. So I just want to kind of perhaps do that for someone else. And I think that's what I think we all do. You know, we're all involved in it for that reason. We just want to see these kids, you know, make the most of their potential and opportunity that they get. So, yeah, that's that's in a nutshell, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it's such an incredible journey. I'm just picturing NASCAR in schools. Maybe that could be, <laughs> I just had the idea in my head for a second, but we are talking about F1 in schools. It's such yeah. a incredible journey as you say um amy martin on a previous episode of the main straight uh, talked about just take saying yes to these opportunities if it's going to lead to more experience more knowledge that you can use further down the line and maybe not necessarily having a fixed place you want to be i mean did you ever have a fixed place this is the job i want and i'm going to yeah. work towards it i wanted to be a race engineer at ferrari so that was my my goal um but yeah i've never worked at ferrari and i've never been a race engineer but you know, maybe, maybe I, I not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Never say never, eh? <laughs> keep my keep my voice down. But um, yeah, you know, that was a very specific goal. But you know, really, the goal for me was just to be involved in racing, and you know, hopefully, I've kind of done that. And you never know. I think to be too specific is is kind of wrong. I think, as Amy said, you just go with what's available to you, and you just don't know where it leads, and could come full circle and get back to where you wanted to be in the first place. But it's the unknown, you know, that going to America for me was, I still talk about it, we talk about it now, but, um, you know, with some relish because it's just, it was just fantastic. It just opened my eyes to a whole bunch of things that I'd never even thought about, you know, and um, in terms of how memorable that is versus the F1, it's equally so, you know, even though F1 was always my ambition, it's those things that kind of almost took you by surprise and the unexpected and yeah, I could have never planned that obviously. Um, but yeah, that's just where I ended up and it was, yeah, fantastic. And, and when Miami came along on the, uh, the calendar, you'd be like, guys, I've got this. The rest of the Aston Martin guys, I've got this. I've been, I've seen what goes on. Uh, that's just amazing. I think there's a, a great advice and insight uh, into just taking those opportunities. So thank you very much for that, Andrew. Um, we want to get, bring it back to F1 in schools. I mean, how did you find out about becoming a judge, uh, for F1 in schools? Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I've, I've been a, a, a judge at former student before because um, the competition for former student takes place at Silverstone, which is just across the road from where I am now. Um, but I think because of F1 being involved in F1 schools in general, I was kind of aware of the competition. But um, Aramco and, and Aston Martin have supported the, the national finals um, just recently. And I think there was a little bit of talk within the uh, company here. So I been involved in undergraduate placement and graduate recruitment here for quite a long time so I'm kind of involved in you know careers fairs and things like that already so the HR department contacted me and said you know would you be interested in, in kind of getting involved with this so um, one of the, the girls there she contacted Andrew and um, put my name forward and yeah I, I 
I did the virtuals, um, regionals last year, first time. Uh, and then I was at national finals in, in January, the NEC. And then I've just done another regional competition up, uh, in, in the Northeast where I was, where I grew up. Um, so I've just went back there to do that and yeah, I'll probably be taking part in the national finals again this year. So yeah, it was really word of mouth within the team, but, um, yeah, it's good. It's exactly what I wanted to do. So, well, well, it's great to have you on board. And as you mentioned, you, you know, being a judge, I mean, what, what do you look for, um, uh, when you're judging, is there anything that you love to see from a team? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's obviously a big variety of schools that get involved there's some that have been involved for many many years and obviously you can normally tell those schools they're very, very accomplished they've got you know a lot of the facilities and things like that um, and then you get schools that maybe are new to the competition um, but I think that the, the thing that I really look for is kind of originality because um, obviously a lot of the teams get to see what other teams have done and sharing ideas and things like that but when you see something that's kind of a an original solution to a problem that school have had or, or you know particularly where they haven't got access to the all of the equipment that they could potentially need they put something together that's you know a makeshift idea to try and get over a problem that they've got i think that's where you know it impresses me the most if i see something i've not seen before um that, that's you know th th someone's really kind of had a problem and you can tell they've they sat down and thought it through and come up with an idea of their own to fix it and it has fixed it you know, I think that's exactly what I want to see because it's the issues. It's exactly the same sort of issues that we have. Um, you know, we obviously all look at what the other teams do, but those big advances in performance in F1 come from original ideas. And, you know, that's what, was, what we're trying to do, whether it's even on a day-to-day -day basis um, in the factory, but whether it's a design idea on the car or, or whatever, we're always looking for that step forward that no one else has got. And, um, you know, that's where the real performance comes to see that in F1 schools environment and someone's come up with something themselves is is yeah what I'm really looking for it's um it's great to see when something like that pops up it's kind of like the the cost cap that you have in F1 and trying to think around we can't just throw money at the problem we've got to come up with new new ideas and and, and, if, and if you see a team doing that and they go on and they they want to get a career in in F1 if you were to see F1 in schools on, on their CV, would, would that stand out more to you? I mean, I know you're not in HR, but just to know <laughs> that everyone who does F1 in schools has to, to tackle these problems. And you want someone like that in your team, surely, who's coming up with solutions to problems. Completely, 100%. I mean, like you say, if, if, if I'm looking at, I mean, I'm recruiting right now and I get an awful lot of applications, it might be a thousand applications for one job. It's a lot. Um, so I would have looked through those and a lot of those people are going to do well in their exams and things like that, but it's very, very difficult, even from exam results to sort of see what kind of drive and kind of, in, you know, inspiration and inventiveness somebody has. But if you see F1 in schools on that, you know, instantly that they've gone through this process that, you know, the amount of work that the schools do to get involved in F1 in schools, to get to a, a national, even a regionals final, but a nationals final, a world final. It's huge. I mean, that, that's the thing I think took me by surprise more than anything when I got involved was just how much detail these teams are going into and the amount of work that's involved is just staggering. And if I see that on their CV, I know that they're kind of ambitious. They've got that drive. They want to go the extra mile, which is exactly what it's exactly what we want to see here. You know, okay, it's a smaller car. It's not like this one here. Budgets are completely different. But it doesn't that doesn't matter it's the 
it is that mindset, it's that drive, it's that ambition and wanting to make the most of your skills. It's all exactly relevant. So yeah, hundred percent. That's if I see that on a on an application now, that's getting in the good path straight away. And, <laughs> and you know, it's 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 worth an awful lot. I have to say, yeah. Okay. Well, um, you mentioned the the application. I've already sent mine in. So um, <laughs> if you could just uh, uh, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not sending that application. Uh, I wouldn't be right for it. But I do have two questions uh, left, Andrew, and I really do appreciate your time uh, in being involved in the main straight. Uh, one is kind of a simple question really uh, what what tips do you have for teams competing in f1 in schools from what you've seen so far it, kind of an easy question maybe a tricky one and then i also want to ask you about a career highlight and uh, when i don't want to just talk about this year because it's it's going brilliantly so far, but another career highlight so one a personal level and one for for everyone listening yeah so in terms of um career highlights for me then um it's, it's been difficult i suppose when i mentioned america um i think that was you know again it's probably the unexpected aspect of that to go to the indianapolis uh speedway and and see the cars going around there was quite something but i think more recently in f1 um it was really um the latter days of the force india project um i don't know if the viewers are necessarily aware but force india was quite an underfunded team it's not not quite of the the level that aston martin are now but we were probably one of the poorest teams on the grid and really struggled but in 2017 i think it was we uh, we finished fourth in the championship um with you know some of the things that were going on at the factory um we just you would hardly have enough paper to put in the printer we were so hard of cash and um you know it was really we weren't getting paid properly uh, all sorts of things but we managed to finish fourth in in the world championship so i think in terms of pride you know for myself and my colleagues a lot of a lot of whom are still here i think that season um you know we can't beat that, that that's quite something um you know what we what we managed to do once with so little which again i think is probably going back to what i said when i see that in schools is is, is impressive because um yeah i think we, we couldn't have bought our way out of that and we managed to to impress quite a lot of people with what we did that year so that was definitely um definitely a, a career highlight for me um in terms of judging for f1 in schools then i think i guess everyone has access to the, the scorecard i think I, i've heard a few people mention this already but you know we as a judge we're we're, we're scoring against a scorecard and you know that's to look at the, the rules look at the scorecard and make sure that you've um, fulfilled every single criteria that's on there as a priority is definitely my my top tip if you want to go uh, forwards to national finals and to worlds you you know you've got to there's an awful lot of work that can be done and we can see that it happens but if it's not on the scorecard we can't necessarily give direct credit for it so um you know to read the the rules and understand them and then you know, work with that to show the judges that you fulfilled all that criteria is definitely my top tip think amazing thank you so much i was while you were talking uh andrew i was looking at that force india uh the bjm 10 from that's the one and yeah. what a livery it is uh it's iconic now i think <laughs> you can't miss it can you do you know what oddly enough i, I enjoy that color quite a lot for t-shirts at the moment and uh, my general attire and and being out and about but listen i mean it's just great to hear that to get your tip for everyone competing in F1 in schools uh, and you just put it so succinctly and, and coherently for, for people to understand. So I really appreciate you helping and uh, I look forward to seeing you 
at maybe at another regionals or national finals or maybe even worlds if you're uh, in be. Singapore. Could be. Well, we don't want to give away too many secrets, but Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Uh, as you said earlier on, you're very, very busy and I'm really uh, honoured that you've put the main straight right at the top there as it should be. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Tom. Well, how good was that? Having Andrew Brown bringing his wealth of knowledge to the main straight. I'm very grateful for his time. And I tell you what, I may even send him an email to say, please come back on the show because I'm sure there's more knowledge that he can pa uh, pass on uh, to you guys. Um, right, uh, with this episode, the one thing that we've got left to do is to find out about the F1 in Schools news. It's actually one of my favorite sections because I get to chat to PDC, the producer, director, and co-host, Max Fanny, who is very tired. I'm gonna let everybody know now. He has been traveling up and down the UK for the UK regionals. Max, how have they been? They look fantastic because I've been watching on the F1 in Schools HQ on Instagram, the socials. The stories are brilliant. You've been reposting all of the teams. They look uber excited to be there. A lot of fun, right? Yeah, I'm not going to take offense at uh, you calling me uh, looking tired, but uh, I, I am. There's, there's no there's, there's no avoiding that. We've been traveling a lot for these regionals, but uh, it's been a lot of fun and it's it's nice to see us coming, going to the next UK Nationals. Uh, and again, on the point of sharing things on social media, uh, these teams are competing so hard and they're putting all the effort into it. So why not spot put them in the spotlight on our channels and uh, yeah, share them on our oh, I love that. I love that. Well, don't stop because if I can't be at the UK regionals and I get to sort of get an idea of what teams are going to be competing, I love it personally because then when I get to meet these teams, I'm kind of like, Hey, wait a minute. I've already, I already know you, but I know I don't know you, but I kind of know you. And that's, that's what I love about F1 in schools. Um, so Max, you're bringing the news. Uh, where should we actually, can I put you on the spot? And I know you love this during a podcast. Hydrant. Okay. There are champions, our winners of the worlds last year at Silverstone, all the way from Australia. I was just wondering, um, because I heard a rumor that they might be on the main straight soon. Is it, can you confirm or deny this is it going to happen max please because if they've got so much knowledge they won a world finals surely we want to get them on right well i i don't know how you've got this rumor to be close to being accurate but uh we are in communication i have been uh sort of emailing back and forth uh they were supposed to be on a lot more recently but factors came into play uh due to what we want for content so um, instead, with they might they could be on in the future. So that's a yes, yeah. brilliant, brilliant, Max. You've said everything I need to know. This is an episode I cannot wait for. So that is something to look forward to. But what's happening in the news, Max? In the news, well, while we're on the topic of Hydron, uh, they will be at the Australian Grand Prix, which is amazing. I am so jealous. Uh, but yeah, they are off to the Grand Prix. So I hope they have the best time. The time of recording this, it's way before the Grand Prix. It's not until next weekend. This is two weeks before. So fingers crossed they have the best time. I mean, I don't see how you couldn't have the best time at the Grand Prix. It's... Hey, they deserve it. They won they a world it. final, so they deserve this prize. So yeah, they should should enjoy it. And when we get to chat to them, maybe or maybe not, apparently according to you, when we'll find out how they got on. Um, any other news from Australia, from Down Under? Uh, next week, as of... When we're recording this right now, they will be having their national finals. That's all to look forward to. Andrew Denford, the founder and chairman of F1 in Scores, will be flying out to watch it. 
So he'll be uh, he'll be seeing who who takes home some trophies. Yeah. I'm hoping he brings back some Tim Tams. I'll message him uh, because I love Tim Tams, incredible biscuits. Um, because you know what? When there's a world final, everyone brings something from their country, which I absolutely love. So, you know, hopefully for the world finals in Singapore, there'll be some, you know, people to bring more produce. That, But basically, I, I like eating. So, uh, you know. Well, just... we have three, three new countries coming to the world finals. Two of them have been before, but not, not as of recent. So... That new one is Switzerland. So, whatever food you want from there, or if it's just a gift, cuckoo clock. Thank cuckoo you. Clock. Just so, just off the top of my head, cuckoo clock. They've got incredible chocolate as well. I, what other countries are coming then? Well, we have Japan. Brilliant. I love a samurai sword. That would be great. I can go on the wall. Uh, and they've also got amazing sort of like sweet treats as well. Um, like was it mushy, mushy? Like it's like soya bean little thing. And you know, and I can say all of the Japanese words I know, like arigato. Arigato. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Yeah, work on it. I mean, I don't think they're going to get a samurai sword past customs in Singapore. That is a very good point. But it'd be great to have it'd them. Great to have. It'd be great to have them on board. Um, and what's the other uh, country that's going to be competing? We have first time? the Italians will be returning yes. to the World Finals. Well, but do, I, I, you were looking at me as if I was going to say something about o- the obvious food, but oh my word. I love pasta and pizza. If you could just bring some of that, but obviously focus on the job in hand. Sorry, I always take it off on a tangent, don't I, Max? But that's brilliant. So uh, coming back, so there's three countries. Uh, maybe that would be the first time competing, or they will be returning. Great to have them on board. What else is going on, Max? Um, our Brazilian uh, teams will be competing at the. There's two events that Brazil have for their nationals. So they've mm. just had the nationals, which uh, has seen Mac won Planalto. Uh, they won their SESI tournament in Brazil, and they got first place and they're off to world finals in Singapore. But as of right now, they are having their second nationals, and we will be finding out very soon who will be their other team that go to the world finals as well. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the Brazilian teams bring a lot of passion, spark, uh favorites of mine competed last year in, in the world uh great to have them on board uh origato is the thank you in japanese obrigado is a thank you in um portuguese so i think i've just nailed it there for a little bit I believe, just... I believe you have a shirt from one of the brazilian teams from world finals do you not i believe you did a little shirt trading You've got to do a shirt swap, uh, which is fantastic. Spark were brilliant because they bring it such enthusiasm. I know all the teams do, but the Brazilians bring that kind of flair, uh, which I'm looking forward to. So best of luck. Well, obviously it's past tense now, but best of luck to all of the teams that have qualified there to be heading to Worlds. And is there anything else going on in the world of Max right now? Uh, in the world of Max, uh, well, F1 is score Spain is now officially set up. They are established fully, so hopefully we start seeing some more Spanish teams at the Worlds in the future and hopefully they set up some really good events that set some amazing teams to compete yeah look forward to that and um, Max where are you heading to next as we wrap up this show uh, episode uh, six well, I have a few weeks off where uh, well I think it's about two weeks where I have a bit of a break from UK regionals and then it will be off to Birmingham for the West Midlands for uh, Aston University all right. Well, if you are heading to that, uh, get ready uh, to meet PDC in person. Let him know how you're enjoying the podcast. And if you are enjoying this show, then make sure uh, you like, uh, subscribe 
and also send us a message. We love to hear from you. And of course, all of the socials at F1 in Schools HQ. Max, an absolute pleasure. And thank you to Andrew Brown as well. We'll catch you next time on the Main Straight, the official F1 in Schools podcast. Bye.